What is up, Society members? Welcome to the Underground Society podcast, a show that helps you achieve your goals in the EDM industry. I'm your host, Justin McGarry, and I invite you to join me as I discover the challenges the professional industry had to overcome in order to start building their careers and finding success. By looking at this title, I'm sure you're asking yourself, what the hell is a paper asshole and what does it have to do with this episode? And while I'm going to answer that question, I first have to introduce our guest on the show today who explained to me what having a paper asshole meant. You may have seen his name pop up from time to time as the featured vocalist in some of your favorite artist tracks like Kazo, Slander, Jaws, Zomboy, gosh, the list goes on. He's one of the coolest people I've ever met in the EDM industry, and his name is Micah Martin. What he told me having a paper asshole meant was that there are going to be people that are going to try and screw you over in the music industry, and it's up to you to learn how to navigate around the people who might have ill intentions for you and your career. This guy has seen it all, from selling his vocals early on for $200 a song on a few tracks that later made up to $400,000 in royalties, yeah, $400,000, to seeing artists being forced into contracts that they never wanted to sign. And before we get started, I just wanted to take a second to say he does a fantastic job at telling these stories stories and he is personally one of my favorite people that we have ever had in the show so i hope you guys enjoy it as much as i do let's get into it This episode is sponsored by AirVDM. AirVDM is your premier electronic dance music brand. A printed digital magazine, lifestyle-inspired subscription box, and full production event company. AirVDM has been forging the future of EDM for over five years now and produces only the finest content, events, and apparel for EDM fans worldwide. Curated for ravers by ravers. Visit AirVDM.com, that is E-R-A-O-F-E-D-M.com, to join the movement and see how you can get involved. Now enjoy the episode. Mike Martin, welcome to the Underground Society podcast. What's up, Justin? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being a part. Um, so I... I know you have huge collabs with some of our industry leaders, uh, Jaws and uh, some other people and even up-and-comers that you, you've been a part of recently. Um, and I want to get into that, but uh, first, I think it's just it's nice to get a little background on our guests. So can we first jump into that, kind of starting off with just who you are, where you're kind of from? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Micah Martin. I'm from uh, Bettendorf, Iowa. It's a uh, part of the Quad Cities, which is two is it- cities in Illinois and two cities in Iowa. Is there a lot so, of corn there? Oh, yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> absolutely so much corn. Dude, I, I, I actually, my windshield got cracked from a piece of corn. Um, they were, they're harvesting right now. Oh, so yeah. I was, yeah. I was following behind this uh, semi that was full of corn, and, like, so much was in there. It was pouring out, and, like, it, it was just, like, like one piece of corn hitting my windshield. So, yeah, like... Yeah, we got a lot of corn, dude. I think it dented my uh, and put a little chip in my windshield. So, so but, yeah. going to Lost Lands was very comparable to like kind of where you're around, what it looks like around where you're from, to a certain degree. Yeah, 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 to a certain degree. Um, less like pine. There's a lot of pine trees. There is a lot. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, less that. It's just more just flat corn yeah. and flat land and corn and all that stuff. But yeah, I'm from I'm from Iowa. Um, I make music. I do vocals for, like you said, a lot of uh, a lot of the industry leaders and like especially the dubstep scene. Yeah, but yeah you've done even yeah. for Kazo. Name off a couple of Jaws, Kazo. There's a couple others too. Zomboy. Yeah. Um, Arm and Hammer. Yeah. Uh, Spagheady. Slander. Uh, I mean, yeah, dude. The list. The list goes on. What does a day, the day in the life kind of look like for you? What, other than when you're, you know, you're, you're driving or traveling or whatever for shows. <laughs> when you're home, what does your day-to-day kind of look like as a vocalist? Yeah, so as a vocalist, um, I'll get down to the studio um, probably around like, you know, afternoon time. Um, I still like help out. So my grandpa has like a water softening business here in Iowa and I still help him out with that. So like, you could call it a nine to five, but you know, I, mm. I take days off all the time and 
it's actually pretty cool working for family because they allow you to take time off yeah. whenever you really need to. <laughs> Um, yeah. So yeah, I do kinda, that as it's well. It's kind of comparable to almost being self-employed, like you're working for it, like your family. It really so is. Like, Can yeah. I dip? All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I'll go down to the studio. Uh, do we actually? Our studio just. Uh, it's in the basement of this old uh, building that was built in like the 1800s. It was like oh, a sick. mall or sh- our studio is in the shoe department of what was once a mall in the 1800s. Interesting. Or not really a mall, just a shop, I guess. Okay. Didn't have, malls were like a relatively newer thing. Um, but yeah, so w- we had a, a flood in our studio. Oh, and I thought it was I thought it was just like, like rainwater because it was raining really bad. Right. Dude, yeah, a pipe se- break or something the, or what? The septic backed up, dude. Oh, so there's God. pieces of co- bring corn back in, dude. Gross. There's pieces of corn and like toilet paper floating around, dude. This the smell was I- incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so we just set up like ten dehumidifiers, and this is like right before I left the Lost Lands. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, so yeah, not good timing, <laughs> not good timing. So we kind of just got all the musty smell out of the studio. I sprayed bleach everywhere. We kind of cleaned everything up. So it, yeah. So a day in the life of me is usually just cleaning the studio, setting it up and then just, uh, hit and record and just seeing nice. what I come up with. Um, it's actually pretty cool. Like how I write, I, uh, I'll listen to a song. Like I'll listen to like the first, like, minute or so of it and i'll stop listening to it i'll be like okay listen like if i want to work on if i decide i want to work on it i'll be like i'm gonna put a pause in this wait till i get down to the studio put it figure out the key figure out the bpm put it in a logic file and then i'll just start hitting record because you're never going to get that first listen back yeah after hearing it and so a lot of the a lot of the melodies i carve out are from my first listen and like okay. sometimes even if I have an idea or something, I'll like take out my voice notes on my iPhone and just like mumble, you know, just different ideas and thoughts or different topics. I'm I'm a I'm a huge melody writer when it comes to like um like songwriting. I don't really write lyrics down ever. I just go into the booth, punch in, come up with a cool melody, be like, Oh, what rhymes with that? And like kind of just like Build right. off of what I'm feeling in my heart at the moment. There's kind of two ways to go about writing when you're a top line vocalist. Is one is like you're you're listening to the melody what's already produced and you know you're you're writing down or you're writing as your thoughts come to mind. But then the way you do it is just kind of by feel and like you do it in the studio and like you said you don't write anything down. So that's super interesting, man. Yeah, it's it's super like I actually my management's always on my ass about. Like, yo, write your lyrics down because people like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I just like, cause I mean, when I'm in the zone, like I can crank out like, you know, in a week, like maybe five songs, five. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could do a song a day really, but like, I just, a lot of my time goes into like, okay. Like I, I I'll have like four different versions of a verse and like different ways to sing it. And like, I'll kind of like play back and listen to the, like what I think is the best one. And then I share a studio with my bandmates. So my bandmates will come down and yeah, like, we'll like, ask Yo. that too. Yeah. 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 I was you're, like, so what do band. you guys think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're kind of on a hiatus right now just because of, um, you know, after COVID, uh, we kind of just like went to focus on ourselves and like, I mean, cause I, man, I had a really, a really dope setup right before COVID hit. I had a, 
uh, publishing deal on the table oh, with a really big, really big company. Um, I was looking at apartments in LA and like, yeah, I wrote that uh, Kill Me Better song for Trevor Daniel and Don Diablo. And like that got me a really big like offer to, but I didn't really want to be a songwriter because I'm more of a performer than anything. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, so I was like, that's not how I really wanted to do it. But I was like, hey, I have the I'm opportunity. Down. <laughs> yeah. I'm down. Like, so yeah, I, uh, all that stuff happened. We were in the final stages of the contract negotiation and the world shut down. And Fuck. I was like, okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> I guess that's not happening. So, <laughs> I guess it's going back to closet studios in Iowa. Just like, uh, yeah, I was living at an apartment at the time. And I was like, I had my own like mobile recording unit, like in my closet with like moving blankets and everything. And that's how I wrote that song. Kill me better. was just in my closet in Iowa. And then I was at Walmart one day shopping and I could hear my song on the radio. I was like, that's pretty cool. That's sick. How How is that feeling? Like when you like actually hear yourself, you're like, I'm in I the grocery store and I hear my voice. I'm not counting that yet because it wasn't my voice. It was Trevor Daniels voice, but it's my uh, lyrics and melody that I wrote. So I'm it. like, that's cool. Yeah. That's just as good as the feeling. Um, But I want, I really want to be like, yo, this is me. Like, yeah, literally me. Yeah. Yeah. That was me in a way, like as yeah, a ghostwriter yeah. or something, but yeah. Um, well, not even a ghostwriter. My name's on the credits and everything. Yeah. Just yeah, the songwriter, just, yeah. Yeah, it was like super cool to to have that feeling, but I'm still waiting for the day when I can just hear my own voice. I mean, that I mean that's happened with Rocket League. I download Rocket League mm-hmm. and the first song that played was uh I won't make a sound with Arm and Hammer and Nurko and dude, yeah, that was a crazy feeling. Like being able to tell people that my song is the startup song <laughs> yeah. for Rocket League, like that is like one of my goals for this year was to have a a song on like you know a Madden or like a FIFA, but almost Rocket League is like almost bigger than that. Yeah, because it's an you online know, it's platform like and how people play. It. Yeah, yep. yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm not I'm a, like that works. I'm not a gamer myself, but I I, know, I just think that's so cool that like Rocket League and Fortnite and games like that um, include a like work with Monster Cat closely. And I know you. That, I'm yeah. sure I, that that's, that song came out on Monster Cat, right? Yeah. So yeah. actually, shout out to Monster Cat for every video game placement. Well. Yeah, I mean, probably like ninety percent of my video game yep. placement came from Monster Cat. Um, like, yeah, I got such two- a cool thing for all, all the artists, especially in the EDM industry, where like you're not like you're you're not a Drake, you know what I mean? But like, it, yeah, the fact that you can gives, still have that opportunity, yeah, yeah, it gives everyone that likes like see like what we were talking about earlier, like not being cut out for this industry. It's like, dude, it's yeah. like if you just hold out like a little longer and like deal with you know, getting screwed over and not letting it affect you in like a negative way. Like you learn from it, at least you could get stuff like this. Like mm-hmm. I, I, dude, I was tone deaf 10 years ago. I couldn't sing at all. Really? Like i never was a, no dude. I was. A How guitarist. did that develop? So, all right, I guess we'll just kind of get into like how I started music. Like, yeah. so my grandma, when I was like 10 years old, bought me like a first act guitar for Christmas. Okay. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to play that. I was just like so jacked on it though. I was like, yes, like, <laughs> this is so cool. Like I remember being in like fourth, like fourth or third or fourth grade, like bringing my guitar to school and not knowing how to play it. Like, but just like 
knowing that this like dude a, a girl sat on my lap dude a girl <laughs> dude a girl sat on my lap and i'm like this is what i want to do <laughs> this is exactly what i want to do um this is all i need dude i'm satisfied this is <laughs> yeah, i'm in i'm in fourth grade experiencing like early puberty and like a girl sits on my lap while i'm holding a guitar I'm like okay like I'm, okay. trying to, I'm trying not to pass out at christian school <laughs> so uh my neighbors growing up are just my neighbors down the street they live like two blocks away uh there are kids my age and they were ryan and adam and uh ryan was the kid that was my age and adam was the his younger brother and i had a younger brother that was the same age as his younger brother so mm-hmm. we were just mob out like we were just we always would ride bikes go off our x-factor ramps as hard as we can like you know, just we were just kids, dude. And uh, when I got a guitar, their parents bought them a guitar. And then they so bought Adam a drum set. Yeah. And then we, Perfect. I would just ride my bike over to their house and like we would start jamming. And was that who like, eventually became your band? Yeah. So like we, and it's actually funny because we learned, uh, I, I got guitar lessons and the guitar teacher said, yo, like he's not gonna learn guitar like this kid can't learn <laughs> and i really kind of took that like as like a, wow i'm like dude screw this guy like so yeah. like, i learned guitar tabs and i like taught myself every like i taught myself how to play guitar and i got i mean i'm still i can still play pretty good mm-hmm. um but not as nearly as good as ryan and adam like their talent level like i mean i focused all my energy on vocals and trying to become yeah. a better front man and all that stuff. But um, yeah, no. So Ryan and Adam, their parents were pastors. And okay. so the church needed a worship band. So we were like, let's do like it. 12, yeah. 13 years old, like learning songwriting structures from honestly, like, like praise and worship music is there to invoke emotion. Like it's, yep. it's, it's, it's there to make I, you feel I, something. I grew up a, a Christian as well. I still am. So yeah. 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 So, you know, it's like we learned really good core songwriting skills and didn't even know it. Like, you know, we're like, we're like learning like all these crazy, you know, like, like awesome songs that we we would just rip at church. And then after church was over, everyone would leave and we'd like try to write our own music. So that's kind of how I got into like, wanting to do vocals is because Ryan and Adam, uh, they ended up moving down to Atlanta mm. in like, uh, in high school. And I remember being like super tough cause they're like my best friends. Like, right. Yeah. And now they're like moving across the country kind of. And I'm like, damn, like this sucks. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do my own band. I'm going to do my own thing. So in high school, I, uh, I wore girl jeans and uh, I went to uh, an abandoned building, took some photos with some friends, and we started a band called Running with Scissors. Oh man! <laughs> and yeah, dude, it was super cool. Like I, uh, that's a cool I name actually. A, it's like edgy, yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah. And we, I just remember everybody would like they were like making fun of us. Like they wear they wear girl jeans. Like <laughs> we bought like girl jeans from Hollister because I worked there. In high uh, school. Yeah, I worked at Hollister, dude. It was weird. I was like the like alt model <laughs> as okay, a kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was fun, dude. Uh but yeah, so like I I would do my own bands and uh I bought this like uh live auto tuner that like um you remember you know the band Attack Attack? Yep. So Attack I saw Attack Attack live 
And that's what made, that's actually what got me into doing what I do today is because I would, I saw them live and it was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And so that night, I, it was a school night. I saw Attack Attack in Iowa City. And it's like an hour away. So I drove all the way to the show, drove an hour back home. My dad's up watching football. So I'm like, dad, I'm like, listen, this guy's got like a live auto tune, like pitch correction machine that I could use for my live show. It's only it 200, <laughs> it's like 280 bucks on eBay. And I like found it like, and he goes, nah. it's like, seriously. And I'm like, please dad. I'm like, I will use this every single day. I'm like, dude, I was such like a, please, please, like, please. <laughs> I've never really begged my parents for something like this. Like, like I never begged them for anything. So like eventually my dad's like, I mean, all right, like I'll buy it, but you better yeah. Use it. And so, dude, it came in the mail and that's all I did. I didn't know how to sing. So I had a live auto tuner that would like, I could just play in a certain key and, it, and the, my vocals would sound perfect. And I could hear in my ears like when I was off tune and I would learn how to. Uh, so it's like, I, I, I basically, basically learned how to sing because of pitch correction. And you tie yourself through that method, yeah. Yeah, that's dope. And I would, I would do like vocal warm ups every day, like the yeah, yeah, yeah. You were yeah, dedicated. Yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. I mean, Hell like, yeah. <laughs> so I like just, you know, started doing that and then started playing shows. Dude, like my first five shows, I didn't know you're supposed to get paid afterwards. Like I would just like, <laughs> like one of them was with a ska band that like drove like five hours to like a place called Mixtapes in East Moline, Illinois. And like I would just like, I remember we played with the ska band and they, I remember everybody yelling at everybody, get in here, this guy sounds like T-Pain. <laughs> and I was like, just like writing just crazy songs. Like didn't even, I, I, I was I was like just even just like making up shit as I go just because it sounded cool. Like yeah. it was funny. Like, and I'm, I mean, I'm obviously like not everyone loved it. Like people were just like, right. yo, this is absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but like me, I'm like, yo, like I'm doing it. Like I'm playing shows by myself. Like, my friends just moved to Atlanta and I'm, I'm sticking still doing with it. The yeah, fight. That's dope. yeah. Yeah. Dude. And, uh, yeah, I remember we played that show at the sky man. And like we got, I got done playing and they were setting up and I was the only person left at the venue. And I just started leaving cause I had school the next day and they're like, what? Uh, you're leaving. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, gotta go to school in the morning. Sorry guys. You're late. And, like, as, I'm leaving, <laughs> as I'm, as I'm walking out, I just hear like that. <laughs> like they're just starting to play some ska music and i'm like oh gosh like but hey they got my money yeah because <laughs> i didn't i didn't know i had you get paid at the end of the show so i would that just sucks. like leave so how how did that transition how did you get involved with edm then dude it's actually pretty funny um it's like all of a sudden so, you started popping up in like some like massive songs and I'm like this guy has dude, a phenomenal voice but I didn't I don't I don't even know like where did you come from <laughs> dude it's, yeah I'm from like I said I'm from yeah, Iowa yeah, dog yeah. like I so my whole life like I knew I wasn't going to get signed or be on a label or anything like that because I'm from Iowa like no one wants to like mess with someone from, from Iowa like I mean yeah. unless you're like really good and I'm like I'm not good <laughs> so uh I actually started like when I was doing like uh, I would do like HTML coding for people's MySpaces mm. and like design like MySpace pages and stuff. Like I I I got pretty good with Photoshop. Um, I learned how to make logos. I learned how to record myself. Like this is all stuff that I was like a label does, you know. 
I'm not going to be signed to a label anytime soon. So I learned how to DIY everything. And uh, so it's actually, I'm pretty thankful for that because it's like, it taught me how to use all this recording stuff that I have in front mm-hmm. of me right now, like to, you know, be able to do this and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, I started doing that. Um, I've been in rock and roll bands my whole life. Like I've, that's been my, like what I wanted to do. Like I just want to make it with my boys. Like eventually, um, like Ryan and Adam moved, moved back to Iowa from Atlanta. Okay. And, and so that's where we picked up and like, we started, you know, doing the band and, uh, I was about probably like four or five years into like the, like taking the band stuff mm-hmm. really seriously. And I started to do covers on YouTube. I did one, I did one cover. Okay. And it was a bring me the horizon cover, uh, uh, throne. Oh, great. And, song. I love that. Yeah, yeah, dude. I got hit up by this kid who wanted to like remix my vocals and put it in an EDM song. And I was like, I never really thought about that. This is like 2015, 2014. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, I never really thought about electronic music like that. Like, sure. Like, so I gave him the acapella and then he sends me something or that he doesn't send it back. He just, the next thing you know, it gets uploaded to a YouTube (laughs) channel and it got like a million plays in like two days. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) that was a good move. Thanks. (laughs) And he was like, he's like, do you want to do an EP? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I get home. He sends me like six songs and I just start doing what I do to like rock and roll songs, but to electronic songs. And so I'm recording vocals for this uh, track and I'm on Facebook one night and I'm in the studio. I'm listening to what I recorded and I did my first ever video mix where i'm like recording my speak mm-hmm. you know like i'm like with the studio speakers and like yeah, yeah, what yeah. i'm working on in the project file and i'm like making it like move like making it look smooth and i uploaded the video of what i did that night to a facebook group called edm bedroom producer and <laughs> it's a it's a it was a huge it, it was a funny name i've never heard of that <laughs> yeah dude it had like thirty four thousand members it's probably got quadruple that now yeah like, they're still around yeah dude it was like thirty four thousand members all over the world and i uploaded it at night right when people in europe were waking up so i go to bed wake up the next morning to like 400 dms like 300 friend requests a bunch of comments of people just like begging to like have my vocals on the track mm-hmm. and i was like oh shit <laughs> oh, <laughs> this well, is this happening. Is cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I just went down the line. I said two hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. Like Damn. every person. But I ended up screwing myself over. Uh, a lot of those songs from that two hundred dollar batch initially, I sold all my rights for oh, some of those songs, fuck. and some of those some of those songs gr- grossed over like you know altogether probably like. $400,000 that I'm just never going to see. Yeah, dude. bro. Holy yeah, shit. <laughs> so it's like, it's like deal or no deal. Like, yeah. well, let's see what you had. Oh, you had the $20 or you had the $1 <laughs> and that suitcase had the million. When that time happened, did, did you have any like no business no. Dude, idea behind <laughs> you or are you just like, nah, fuck it. 
Or you just didn't know? I had no idea. Dude, like, I literally woke up to people begging begging for my vocals, and I was just like, ha-ha, you guys are idiots. $200. (laughs) (laughs) $200? Yeah, yeah, and then they're making, like, yeah, a bunch of money off of it from streams. Yeah, fuck, dude. Well, dude, it's so, yeah, I'm still going back and dealing with, like, collections and some of those, because, like, some of those people have made it right with me. Um, That's cool. Some of those people have, like, said or at least acknowledged it, or at least put me in the metadata on yeah. Spotify, dude. I have probably, I think the last time I checked, I had like, I have 60 songs on Spotify that my name isn't mentioned anywhere. And it's my voice. And like, no one can like tie it to me at all. I feel like I've heard at least a song that like, I was like, is this Micah Martin? But I didn't yeah. say her name. Well, Right, yeah, dude, like that, that could be one of them, dude. So it's like, dude, I got so many, and then the, on top of that, there's so many sleeper songs that yeah. like I wrote back then that still have never came out. I guess the other way to look at that though is like, though exposure you, you tokens, yes, yeah, you got a lot. <laughs> I did of expo- get exposure yeah. tokens, so it's yeah, like, dude. It, it, I don't know if like, I mean, it, you you'd probably still be in the same position if you're if you were collecting the money and you had the royalties and stuff like that but at least you got like the exposure and like then you got the opportunities like jaws slander like some of the big boys in edm too and don diablo and stuff so like to a certain degree it's like it still did something for you so yeah yeah and another another big one too i got out of there was uh a collab with brooks okay it's super it confused a lot of people because my little brother's name is brooks (laughs) And so when people, people saw this, they saw this track, it was Brooks Hold It Down featuring Michael Martin. And everyone's like, dude, I didn't know your little brother produced. I'm like, no, this is like one of Martin Garrix's best friends in like Europe that, <laughs> that produces Future Bounce and Future House. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, this isn't him. When did like Monster Cat notice you and how did you? Because I know I, like, I, I don't know. I feel like the majority, not ma- the larger majority of songs that you've done have been a lot with like artists who have released on monster cat and yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think the first, I could be wrong. I think there is, they have a monster cat wiki about this too. Okay. My, uh, my first ever song on monster cat was holy with Kazo and slander. Oh, sick. That's so an that old was song. A- Holy shit. When was that? That was like 2017. 17. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Holy. Uh, dude we're gonna go to the we're gonna go to the book oh it's almost coming up 10 27 so a couple uh anniversary coming up not bad i just talked to slippy yesterday about because he's done a lot of work with monster cat like almost primarily oh, yeah. with monster cat and i know you've worked with him too um well he's a great dude he's a he's a great producer he's a great yes guy. technically just really smart really oh, yeah. smart dude <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, he, uh, he's actually. We there was a time where we were like working on a beat for my solo project right now mm-hmm. that I'm working on. Yeah, I need to hit him back up and figure out what we're gonna do with that because we had a really cool like guitar, like kind of like a Juice World guitar trap thing going that was really nice. dope. And I actually just forgot about it now until you brought him up. Excellent. So I'm oh, gonna I'm hit him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you jogged my memory. <laughs> Man, even though you've had all these like opportunities with like some like major artists and stuff like you, we've, we've mentioned, um, you mentioned that one of the hardest part about your journey was feeling like sometimes you get like groomed by other people in the music business. Can you kind of like oh, first yeah. of all, what is what do you mean by that? So I'm gonna refer to this now instead of groomed because it, it, that sounds a little like 
rapey like pedophile yeah. Yeah, a little rapey um i'm just calling it people rubbing our shoulders okay you ever got so you ever have someone like just like just the image of somebody rubbing your shoulders yeah. like yeah we're gonna take real good care of you yeah like like you know like just hey we're gonna yeah you know just yeah just sign here and yeah don't worry about it like we got you we're gonna we're gonna make you you know we're, we're gonna take you where you need to go it's just like yo just just i've i've heard so many like artists like promise to bring me out on the road promise to have mm-hmm. me sing with them at festivals and like and even like that's been like a huge negotiation tool and like writing some of these songs is like yo yeah like i'll do this for this if you do this and like have me um, yeah. come out and sing it live with you and yeah I've, I've had a lot of people like stand me up and like a lot of people not respect me at all just i've i mean i found out recently that i'm I'm like a butt end of a joke to some other artist. And I was like, wow, that hurts. Really? All I ever did was write music. Like, so I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I've always tried to like treat others how you want to be treated. Yeah. Obviously. What like, comes around, goes around. Big, big yeah. believer in karma. Yeah. Yeah. Karma's a, karma is a bitch. Dude. <laughs> it is a bitch. Um, so that's why I, you know, whenever I work with somebody and like, I mean, some of these things that I've been screwed over for it and, and have been taken advantage of. It's like, if it was me on the other end and I found out that someone was going like artists that I worked with, wasn't getting paid, mm. uh, wasn't getting, you know, the respect was it was, you know, like, I'll be like, yo, I'll stop. Let's figure this out. Take care of my boy. And you know, some artists just never do that. Like right. they're just they're. I think I, some of these artists in the industry right now, it sucks to say, and it's not by any means most. It's some. Yeah. Like there's a lot of great artists that are just beautiful people yeah. that are just here to help and like here to build themselves and build a relationship. But some people's MO, I think, is just to burn people out to where they quit the music industry. And we were just talking. That's how we started this mm-hmm. whole conversation, really. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> I, but because some of these people have a paper asshole. I heard that yeah. term the other day. A paper, a, a paper asshole. What, what does just that mean? Like, I like. I have no idea. <laughs> but it's just. It just means they're. It's like. Uh, I think it means that they're. They're not. They're. They're not tough. I think because I, I said a calloused asshole earlier. Got it. Yeah. Because yeah. Because you get screwed over a lot, yeah. and you got to be able to take it. You know, you got to yeah, be yeah, able yeah, to yeah. like deal with it and roll with the punches. But some of these people, they got paper asshole. <laughs> 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 That's like such a terrible analogy, but yeah. So that's what I think is some of these artists, their MO or they, they get off on just burning people out. Yeah. And it kind of sucks. Yeah. Because I see, I've seen a lot of artists just like a lot of great vocalists too, that just quit because of, you know, issues with, you know, Oh, I didn't get a contract for this song or, Oh, I'm not being paid royalties. Uh, you know, and I'm in, um, yeah, it's just like it just sucks to see that that some people will just fold like that. Yeah. But then again, you know, it, to each their own. If if everyone has their own shit, like it it every it affects everybody differently. Like I just had an artist. I'm not I'm not gonna say who, but I just had a a vocalist reach out to me uh, for a very similar situation to what happened to me with another artist that we both worked with. And like, dude, it ended up being like a two and a half hour phone call with like me choking up. Like Damn. tell this dude I love him and I'm like, yo, like I just got done dealing with this. Like I've I've been dealing with this alone. I had yeah. no idea that there was more of us. 
And yeah, it was like um, validating. Yeah. Absolutely validating. Like, I thought that I did, like, dude, it's just like, man, it, it sounds like, you know, I thought it was my fault, you know, but like, yeah, it did. Like, I was like in my own head. I'm like, what could I have done different? Like, did I, did I say this? Did I say that? I was like, no, it, it would have happened eventually is, yeah. because this person just went through the same exact thing to the fucking T. Yeah. Except I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it was bad. And, uh, but yeah, I, I'm glad that we talked it out and we, we got to, you know, like get to know each other a right and like b like figure out okay like it's not just me your feelings are are valid like this is definitely something that i've gone through and now we're just like here as like console like to, mm-hmm. for each other you know just like to console and talk about you know these things because it can be it can get rough dude this industry can get really yeah really dark yes dark dude i didn't know how dark it could get until i started my own you know doing my own thing and run the podcast and stuff and like kind of started seeing a lot more of the back end like holy shit dude yo i got a funny dark story yeah go Uh, for it it's not see okay well i didn't sign an nda i can talk about it all right (laughs) dude okay so when i was in my rock and roll band we I'm not going to say what contest, yeah. but you can, if you do your research, you can kind of really figure this out. Um, we, there was a competition across America, like who is like the next rock band, you know, and every state submitted their own band. We won for Iowa okay. and then it was, they're going to take the top five out of the country, fly them out to LA to perform at the Roxy in Hollywood. And we ended up being one of the bands that they picked to fly out in like... Oh, sick. The judges were Jonathan Davis from Korn, uh, Chris Jericho from the Holy WWE, shit. Uh, Desmond Child, he wrote like Living on a Prayer. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. um, Scott Borchetta and John Barvados, like fashion Wow, boys, yeah. And like label owners, uh, Big Machine Label Group. Dude, it was like crazy man like so um we get down we get we land in you know los angeles and we had like a fucking limo picks us up takes us to the west london and hollywood and like there's like a mandatory like band meeting with like all the bands that just flew in and like in like 40 minutes and like we just got to the hotel we're from iowa I'm like dude let's go to our first dispensary <laughs> like right now so like, like we're right spring- now <laughs> We're sprinting around Hollywood, like using old, like, I, like we went to like a place that said it was a weed store. We get there and it's just like a Jamba Juice. And like, there's a guy reading a newspaper. I'm like, "Where's the weed?" Like, I'm just screaming at him, and he's like, "Where's oh, the it's weed?" Over there. All over there, it's like the Green Cross over there, dude. And I'm like, "Okay, cool." So like, weed maps, bro. Got to download the app. I mean, dude, we were just kids from Iowa. I was in a coonskin hat. I was in a coonskin hat running around downtown Hollywood trying to find a weed store with my boys. And we found one and we got like, you know, we were like lighting up some pre-rolls as we were walking like up to the hotel and we could see all the bands are just getting ready for the meeting. And like, we like, we put it out and we like, we walk in just high as hell. Like, every, like we walked in as a unit, dude. It was a presence. So like, we're like, dude, this, we're like sizing up the competition. I'm like, dude, we fucking got this. I'm like, dude, we <laughs> we're going to win. Dude, like the winner 
got signed to this label and um yeah it was gonna be like this huge like crazy thing like and like i'm like dude we're gonna do it we're gonna win so they take us over to the rainbow room for the first night before the competition for like this huge dinner and like i'm eating like king we're eating like kings dude in front of the lemmy life-size life-size lemmy statue right there and i'm just like dude this is crazy like i'm in la with my boys downtown hollywood and we're about to play the roxy tomorrow and they put us up in a suite at the west london so like i'm walking around in a bathrobe at night like (laughs) just like just really just living it up dude so uh it was a band from illinois that was the other so it was the iowa and illinois boys because we had to fly to o'hare and then from o'hare to la so we flew on the same flight as the illinois band so like we're like talking shit but like we're like you know they're they're all cool like we're all we're all dope they're just like, like yeah i'm like well that's gonna suck when you guys get second place like, you know, like, <laughs> like we're just you know we're all just be we yeah we're at the airport chilies like with them like just talking shit so the competition comes and this first band goes out and the judges just destroy them and i'm oh, like no. we're next we're next yeah. and they're like oh fuck. we're fucked <laughs> <laughs> like yo they uh yeah, they started. So we went up. We because we only have to play two songs. So we played our two just boppers, just boom, mm-hmm. boom, no backtracks, nothing like just raw rock and roll. And like we were the only band there that didn't have like backing tracks with backup vocals. Yeah, yeah. And we, we it was all raw. And like they fucking loved that. Like they were just nice. like yes. They're like yo yes. Like um, you know you this goes to show that you don't need backtracks to sound mm-hmm. like a good band. Uh, the only thing they ragged on me was me being overweight and wearing a hat, and like that's. Like, I feel like they had. I feel like they had to yeah. say something, yeah. and I'm just like, all right. I was like, damn. Don't I'm know like, why that yeah. matters, but cool. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you guys fed me that meal yesterday, <laughs> you know. And uh, I, I think jo- jo- it was super cool to watch Jonathan Davis from Core just really say that he loved it and enjoyed every second of it that's and a huge like, compliment from someone that, that stature holy yeah, shit it yeah was a, it was an out-of-body experience for sure and i'm just like oh my god i'm like john <laughs> davis just said he likes my songs and and uh the only thing i was too is uh uh what was it chris jericho he did he he bashed our structuring for our songs he goes i didn't like the structures um, but then Desmond Child at the end was like, I thought the structures were fucking awesome. Your drummer's insane. Everything you guys did was perfect. And then Chris Jericho chimed back and he goes, Well, if Desmond likes the if Desmond Child likes the uh structure, then I like the structure too. What do I know? <laughs> and like everyone starts cheering and like we get off stage and I'm with, I'm side stage with my boys, I'm like, dude, we just we fucking won. I'm like, dude, we got this. Um and then uh yeah, the rest of the bands play, and then the last band to play was the band from Chicago, and they just absolutely shredded. Like it was oh. like it was like a six piece band with backing tracks, and they had like everything backtracked, like vocals were backtracked. It sounded it sounded so dope, like it sounded yeah. great, but like it was more of a pop band than a rock band. And I was like, whatever, I'm like that's that's cool. Yeah, and um, so at the end. They get done playing the uh, one of the the MC comes out. And he goes, "All right, guys." He goes, "It looks like it's between the two bands flying back home to Illinois, so us yeah. versus them." And uh, 
they ended up winning. Uh, and I was like, but I was like, whatever. I'm like, we got second place at a battle of bands at the Roxy. Like, that's still kind of cool. And so, you know, we're, we're all chipper, having a good time. Um, they carted the whole band off into a back room to sign the contract. And the whole thing was being live streamed with like lights and like a boom mic. And uh-huh. bro, like this whole, like it was all being like live streamed for the, for the label. And, um, I that's the last I saw is that I'm getting carted off to go sign the contract. So I just start getting fucked up. Like I'm like, yeah, this is my last night here. Like let's, yeah, sick. let's, let's get drunk. Yeah. Dude. Um so we're drinking about an hour goes by. We go to the bar across the street and I see the singer of the band that would like lighting up a cigarette outside. So I go outside to talk to him I'm like, yo dude, I'm like Congratulations, bro. He goes, bro, this is fucking insane. I was like, what? Like, what's going on? He goes, they carted them away from the stage, live streaming, brought them into a room, and on the table was a contract all lit up for all them to sign. And they blocked their manager from getting into the room. So they're trying to like have no them sign this contract without their without manager. Without their manager, yeah, fuck that. And they're live streaming it and they said there was a guy that came in through like a side door with like a bunch of like male prostitutes hanging off of him. This is what he's telling me. He goes, Oh, like six or seven male prostitutes, and everyone kept saying, It's the Godfather, the Godfather's here, the Godfather. <laughs> Dude, I'm not kidding. Like this is what the, the hell? They're like, the Godfather's here. Like it was like one of these things, and like so the Godfather's there, apparently, dude. And he's here with with some boys. And so these guys are like, they see that out of the corner of their eye. And then now they got like a live stream in their face. They're handing them pens to sign. And they just go, oh, we can't sign this without our lawyer present. And they go, well, where's your, where's your lawyer? Well, he's in Chicago. You didn't bring him? No. <laughs> no. Uh well here just just sign it for the live stream just sign it for the live stream no no uh, dude they shut off all the cameras they fucking stole all the judges storm out holy like, shit um i forgot what judge went up to him but he goes he goes oh you guys just fucked up big time like just like like oh in front of the Godfather, dude. <laughs> dude. And so the Godfather leaves out the same door he came in with his boys, and so they're like now they're freaking out, like they're scared. Obviously, yeah. Like I'd be kind of terrified too. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, "Yo, let's go back to our hotel room. Let's let, let, uh, let's reconvene. Let's talk. Let's talk as a unit, okay?" So they actually. So while I'm getting trashed at the bar, they're running out the back door, running to the London West Hollywood to their room. And like to go have a band meeting. And they said when they unlocked the door, one of the judges, they didn't tell me what judge. They said one of the judges was sitting in the dark on the sofa in the corner of their room. And when they turned the lights on, he stood up and said, you guys just pissed off the Godfather. You have no idea what you guys have done. And left the room. Oh, my God. It's so (laughs) terrifying. (laughs) After that, they just said, this probably, let's not meet at the place that they bought us. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's get out of here, dude. Let's go. So 
that's when I ran into him at the bar, and he goes, and now we're here. Oh, and my I'm, God. I'm like, oh, my God, dude. This this industry is shame. What, what was your predictions of, like, what potentially could happen after that? Okay, so the rules say if they don't sign in the first 48 hours, it goes to the runner-up. So I'm like, yeah, dude, I wouldn't sign that shit. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. <laughs> I'm like, dude, don't sign that. I'm like, dude, we got this. So I tell all the all of our bandmates, I'm like, guys, they're not signing. <laughs> they're refusing to sign, dude. We're gonna, we're up, dude. We're up. Like, and so next morning, I go down to breakfast with a coonskin hat, yellow banana swim trunks, and cowboy nice. boots, and it's like it's a fancy Savage. hotel, dude. Like. <laughs> And I'm, there's like business men there reading their paper and, and on their laptop. And I'm coming down like just loading up plates of bacon sausage <laughs> next to a fruit bouquet of just and I, and I see I see the, the band and they're like, they look like they haven't slept. Oh, no. And I walked up to them. I was like, I was like, what's up, winners? <laughs> what's up, winners? <laughs> I was like, are you guys ready for our flight home today? And they're like, they canceled our flight home, dude. What the hell? I said, what? He goes, yeah, dude. He goes, they're making us stay here until we can figure out this contract. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> I look over. There's a private dining room. And the door's just adjacent a little bit. And I see like all the band members sitting in there with all the judges. And I'm like, oh, my God. Dude, this is crazy. <laughs> dude, yeah. So that's like... Man. Yeah, we ended up flying home, and they ended up keeping them there for like a couple of days, shit. dude. Yeah, damn, that's rough. Yeah, that, that that's kind of like one of the dark industry after, stories. I yeah, have, but. have after experiencing things like that, have have you grown like a like a spidey sense to like when people might try be <sighs> trying to like yeah and, and do I, shady shit to you. <laughs> And it sucks because, like, I am such a trusting, loving, like, puppy. Like, dude, I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm like, you want to help? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, oh, like, how much candy's in the van? You know, like, so, like, dude, like, yeah, my, but I've had low, like, personal awareness, like, my whole life. Uh -huh. I feel like it's just kind of like my ADHD and like, um, ADHD yeah. gang. Yeah, dude. Like, it's just like I'm always like, you know. I'm I'm everywhere, but yeah, I definitely has like I'm a lot more leery, yeah. and I'm a lot more like my eyes are peeled a lot more than yeah. usual. As I say, on the flip flip side of that coin, are, are you able to tell a little bit easier when people are actually trying to be genuine and like? Oh, dude, yes. Okay, but I have seen that where it felt so genuine, but the person and was then, just a, a psychopath. Yeah. The master like, manipulator. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, Whoa, yo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that guy knew my Facebook password. Oh shit. <laughs> like, dude. Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah. Uh, dude, it's been uh pretty crazy. Wild, yeah, right? you, but what a better industry to learn life lessons from. Yeah. Than the music industry. I feel like, you know, being in this industry, you have to like everything that's in person is so much better. Like you, you can't tell if someone's being genuine or something over a text or over over a message. Yeah. Um, really getting to know the person and like being there one on one is what I've learned is a huge thing. Like that's kind of why I'm like I eventually like want to 
you know, relocate from Iowa because it's like, dude, I have such a fun time with all these awesome yeah. people. And then it's like, oh, I got to go home. <laughs> like we live in an age where anybody can message anybody. But uh, I've I've had people that I've sent so many emails and so many messages to. And then eventually like they follow me one day just from meeting me backstage at Lost Lands yeah. um, or something. Dude. Yeah, it's just super cool because like being in person is so much better than yeah. being in online presence. So, and I feel like that's how I get most of my business done nowadays. It's just by going to these festivals and going to these shows. Um, anytime there's a show in Chicago, I only live two and a half hours away from Chicago. So it's like people ask me like, where are you from? Like it's a suburb of Chicago called Iowa. <laughs> Call like, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'll just go down there for shows all the time and, you know, get to meet um, all these wacky crazy zany characters <laughs> yeah yeah man, it's, it's well, fun though kind of circling back to the 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 shady intention people out there who have you seen the most of that with artists labels managers more on people on the business side production people who move labels managers and then artists okay so labels definitely like i've seen labels completely inflate their in-house costs for certain like like you know for certain things like like Outmart work that costs like four grand it's like dude i could have done that in microsoft paint <laughs> like yeah what that's not four grand yeah. uh, <laughs> you know i've seen i've seen uh uh managers be a fall sometimes just be a fall guy for the artist yeah. you know so but i've seen a lot of artists too that just are i think like i said their mo is to burn people out but I have seen more of it with labels. Yeah. That is probably the the biggest thing is just keeping your eyes peeled and like knowing like now I can look at a contract for uh, like a, a standard uh, agreement, like a top line agreement or like a contract mm -hmm. for a song that comes out and I can, I can understand it now. I can literally read it and like understand probably like 75% of the legalese just from be just from having so many songs. Right, really. right. So like, having that knowledge and like being able to like, I like, and if I could give any advice to any other like artists out there, if you're just going to ask you, keep half, like, I mean, dude, keep 50, 50, everything. Like, dude, even if there's like, even if you don't like, if you're newer, one of the things I wish I did instead of charging 200 bucks for all those songs that I did that I lost a lot of money on. If I would have just been straight up and be like, yeah, let's just do a 50, 50 splits. Yeah. That's how, that's what I should have done. But instead I, you know, I basically got paid two hundred dollars for a song that grossed like four hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah. Like, so yeah, we live and learn. But yeah, just keep half of your shit. Like if yeah. if if you and someone else are working on it, and it's just two people, and you're writing the vocal or something, keep half. Yeah. Be be fair. Uh, if there's three people, thirty three, thirty three, thirty three. Like you know, and so right, on right. and so forth. Like just make sure everybody's taken care of. Yeah. Yeah, and all smart. your bases are covered because yeah, that, that is one thing that I wish I could go back and like put myself in a headlock and be like, yeah. you're going to want to keep your publishing on this one, bud. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, you live and you learn. Yeah. Um, well, 
<laughs> we are getting to, to our hour, um, so I, I don't want to take too much of your time. But I did want to ask you, because I know you also have a podcast, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Yes, you dude. just kind of started that. Um, <laughs> what, what, what's kind of the premise of the show? What, what do you guys talk about? What do you guys do? What's, what's the idea? Okay, so we were supposed to shoot our second episode, but that's when all the, the poop came mm. up at the studio and I'm like, you know, yeah. I'm about to bring a guest down to <laughs> a studio that smells like shit. Uh, but yeah, the, it, the podcast but is I called, don't think we said, I think we talked about this before the interview, but his, his studio got flooded. So yeah, uh, it's filled that the septic got flooded and he's dealing with all kinds yeah, of issues. The, with so that, I, so. Think a, a, <laughs> I think a sewer line broke because the building's from the 1800s. Yeah. And I think like a sewer line broke and then like backed up through the storm drain and like, the or the sewer drain at the studio like yeah flooded everything dude it was bad but yeah so my podcast that i just started is called uh industry nightmares mm -hmm. and uh what it is is just a show that we talk about all the crazy and sussy things that go on in the music industry kind of like what i just told you about the yep. you know battle of the band story like um we talk about stuff like that. We, like we leave names and dates and like all the, like we, we don't talk shit specifically, but, yeah, but we, yeah. yeah, we, we talk about like our truths. Like we talk about what we've gone through, you know, uh, my next guest, uh, is a guy who shoots rap, uh, rap videos in, in, in Chicago. Oh, sick. I talked to him. He's, he's had a, he's had his friend, he's had a friend get killed on set. Holy he's, shit. He's had, he's, he's had someone shoot at him at his last shoot. His, his last shoot. Um, <laughs> and he's going to let us use the footage too because it just shows him getting lit up and like dropping to the floor while he's recording. And yeah, so what it is, yeah, we just talk about all the crazy stuff that happens in this industry. So Industry Nightmares is not just specific to music. Like we could talk to like like chefs, cooks. Mm -hmm. uh, industry, like any industry. industry. Yeah. yeah, that's dope. It's, like, yep. it's such a broad thing, you know, like. Uh, everyone's got horror stories, like people who work in retail. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. I worked in retail. That was, I'll, you would have to pay me so much to do retail again. That was yeah, terrible. Yeah, I, I never want to do that ever again either. That's yeah. the worst. Just yeah. entitled Karens. What's mm -hmm. it? Male Karens. <laughs> male Karens. Like, isn't that weird that it's like, Karen, there's like, there's, there's not another name like for a Karen, for a male, it's just a male Karen. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I just realized that. But yeah, so we just talk about all the crazy stuff that happens in, in, in anyone's industry, um, but mostly music lately. Um, so yeah, the next guest, his name's uh, Kevo, Kevin Phelps. Uh, I'm trying to get him down there sometime this uh, this month. So I'll probably just do like one a month right now just to kind of yeah, like, yeah. so I can focus on everything else going on because I am, I'm actually just finishing up my album right now i just oh excellent yeah uh it's pretty different from electronic it's not what, really, yeah what what style is it so it's like juice world meets like little peep meets like Kid okay. cuddy meets like blink 182 it's just like a weird uh, i it's with post malone vibes it's 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 like it's whole it's kind of different it's really different but i'm excited to hear that um, it's like sad boy music with a positive message and awesome. i feel like that's kind of been my mo with a lot of the songs i write i've been writing is just like kind of sad songs but you know in the end it's like yo we all get through it we all go through yeah. shit um but yeah so i just i'm finished putting the final touches on that i'm probably going to be putting out a single pretty soon just to like tease the tease album it, yeah. and get some visuals done like a music video here and uh yeah 
Excellent. It's pretty, awesome. pretty, pretty happy with uh, how the sound is coming out. And uh, it's uh, co-produced by Felmax as well. Oh, so so yeah, Felmax from, has been... He, he lives like 30 minutes from me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Dude, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Daniel, he's... Uh, He's helping me out with the production side and we're writing Sick. some pretty interesting, like we're, what we just keep pushing each other, like, like pushing the envelope, like trying to like come up with the next sound or like a, a new mm-hmm. thing. And like he tweeted the other day, he goes, do you guys want to see me make more like specific music or keep doing what I'm doing? I'm like, keep doing what you're doing. Dude, yeah. It's like so different. Yep. So yeah, we're just, we're just trying to like carve out our own sound and, we also have a side project that is just like me and him. Oh, uh, it's, cool. It's called Bad Moods, B-A-D-M-O-O-D-Z, like all one word. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like that like super sad boy stuff, but yeah, with like trap drums. And so we're, 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 st- we're still working on that too. And that, it'll probably be a while before you hear about that. But uh, yeah, I just want to really get some of my own music out because I've been doing features, nothing but features for the past like past couple of years, six, right? Yeah, six, yeah. five, six years, and I have never, I have yet to release any solo music. So um, I'm so really, really I'm sure excited. you're excited for that. Yeah, like my Spotify is just just over like three quarters of a million monthly listeners, mm-hmm. and I just really want to get to like. like get to that million you know yeah, yeah. monthly listeners and then like be able to put out my album and so things are looking up right now um lots of uh lots of new collabs in the cooker with some bigger artists too that uh, i can't really talk about right now but awesome. just know yeah. there's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be fun dude excellent excellent uh so just to wrap up here with the last couple of questions uh i know this is kind of a difficult question because really anything can happen. But where where would you like to see your career be at in like ten years from now, dude? Uh, I want to be on world tours. I want to have my my own chain of studios. Mm-hmm. I want to have you know my own label. I want to, dude. I I mean, just basically everything you can do in this industry. I want to be. Uh, fluent with cinema 4d and like blender mm-hmm. i want to be able to do like all the 3d animations and stuff like it's like i said i do have a graphic design background and i want to really exploit yeah, that yeah. And, i really uh, i i personally really like graphic design as well so dude, that's uh, so fun so like, much fun <laughs> yeah yeah we get to be creative dude it's like not only because like dude adhd so like dude yeah dude i'm undiagnosed dog i'm running around like a psychopath <laughs> dude like i have no medication and i feel like that this is my medication, like being yeah. able to have an outlet, being able to like just create on the spot. Like I have, yeah. I, could, I could open Photoshop right now and make like a dope logo and just like, you know, make a few bucks off of it. Like, you know, just so I can get a meal or so, you know, dude, mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm, I'm going to get a homeless, or I'm going to get like a homeless sign that says like, I'm not homeless. I'm just a musician. Anything helps. Like, or, <laughs> Anything I'm not helps. homeless. I'm a graphic design artist. You know, logo. <laughs> dude, that would be a viral TikTok, actually. If that I would did be that. funny. Oh my gosh, dude! All right, well, you heard it here first. If you see me <laughs> do it on TikTok, it. it goes viral. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, uh, last couple of questions. What before we ask those last couple of questions? Uh, do you have any questions for me before we get head out of here? How long have you been podcasting? 
Ooh, uh, December of 2020 was my first episode. So like a l- nice. almost two years. Yeah. Wow, dude. And yeah. you, you love it, obviously, dude. It's, oh, yeah, I love it. It's yeah. so cool. I love talking to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what this industry is all about, yeah. man. Like I said, making those personal connections. <laughs> yeah, and it's really helped with like the networking and like getting my name like in like the... Like I, I, I started with like being very active in like my local community and stuff, which is dope. Yeah. Um, and especially like the Bay Area scene is pretty cool, but... Um, it's really allowed me to grow a name and, you know, show my face within like the what I like to call the quote unquote pro leagues where like, you know, I, I go to Lost Lands and I know like a lot of the people playing and like, you know, building those relationships, building friendships and stuff. From You've had people come up to you? Uh, yeah, a couple of times. Yep. Isn't that such a good yep. feeling? Dude? It's it's a very surreal feeling. I'm like, wow. All right. People are actually like know who I am, who I don't, I don't know who they are, but they know who I am. This is weird. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm super happy for you. And like, yeah, yeah I'll share the, I'll share the fuck out of this yeah. podcast. Dude. Thank this you. So thank you for your, dope. thank you for your time today. And thank you for such the, you know, you're such a good storyteller. So I appreciate that. <laughs> oh sometimes, God. sometimes guests aren't like that. And it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's difficult to like carry <laughs> to a conversation. The, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. my back hurts from carrying this yeah. whole damn conversation. Yeah. <laughs> where can listeners find you? Where, how can they support you? Obviously stream your music. Yeah. Uh, stream my music. Just um, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Uh, honestly, any, anywhere you can hear music. I think some of the touch tunes machines, like you know, we uh, or the AMI beat. But go to the, go to the yeah. bar, put a dollar in. I think I get like one tenth of every penny from every dollar you put in there. So if like a thousand of you play my song, I can get like a can of soup. So nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I yeah, get that Campbell's. When <laughs> I get that Campbell's. I cream a mushroom, man. No. <laughs> um, if there, last question. If there's one piece of advice that you could tell yourself when you first started working music, what would it be? Dude, it'd be like stop selling these for two hundred bucks. You fucking <laughs> moron. <laughs> like, dude, you're a. You're undercutting everyone that does vocals, and b. You're gonna lose a lot of money that you could put yeah. towards your career instead of begging investors at this point. So, yeah. But if I had that money back then, I probably would have fucking blew it on my my ex girlfriend or something too. So, <laughs> so hey, everything happens for a reason, dog. So, I tell Baby myself facts. literally that, so I'm just conflicted. I'm like, so char- <laughs> so charge him two hundred bucks, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do you, bro? And I disappear. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time today, man. And I really appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, I appreciate you, Justin. Thanks for having me, dog. Hell yeah, I'll talk to you soon. All right, peace. I want to give a big thank you to Micah for coming on the podcast today. I am so grateful for how good of a storyteller you are for shining some light on what can happen behind the scenes that a lot of people just don't see. Please make sure to follow, subscribe, to stay up to date on all of our episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, throw up a post on social media, tag both Micah and Underground Society. Let them know how much you liked it. The link to both of our social media accounts are in the description. Have a great week, guys.